Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast, from the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. And we're getting into the final drumbeat of April 2023. Holy moly, where's the year going? Bewildering. And the flow of news continues unabated, in fact, exponentially increasing. So today, we are going to cover, as I promised last week, and I didn't get to, some economic news. And we're going to have a big rat-a-tat-tat, all sorts of different things. And we are going to talk about the history of woke. What woke is, and what is the history of that word, and what it signifies to both the left and to the right. And as a component of that, because it's a component of woke, ESG, you know about DEI, we're going to be mentioning that too, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. And ESG, environmental, social, and government. Ah, the call words of the globalists and the progressives. But you need to understand what all this stuff is. You've been hearing woke and you've been hearing ESG and you've been hearing DEI. Well, you need to know what it is so that you can converse intelligently. Not that that intelligent conversation will be with somebody who is all left, but nonetheless, maybe with your neighbor. And then we're going to get into the third way to turn this ship around. Several weeks ago, I went over the national divorce theory and gave you a map, which by the way, is still on that show. And then last week we talked about money, you know, the beast, the government beast does not operate without money. And the only money they have is your property or your pocket. So what can we do about that? I wonder what would happen if everybody just said no more. But today we're going to talk about the third alternative, which is really kind of part of the other two, the divorce and the money thing. Because government, in a truly fascist manner, by Mussolini's own definition, the marriage of corporate and state, has married the government. And corporate is being driven in its woke ESG DEI policies in a number of different ways, none of them in your best interest. It goes back to the stakeholder theory of capitalism as espoused by our buddy Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. You will own nothing and you will be happy. It's really important you understand the enemy, folks. And to understand the enemy, you need to understand the terms they use and what they really mean and what their purpose is and how to stop it. And of course, we're going to have our quote. You know, this quote's a little different. This is not a founder's quote, although it could be. But there was a guy who ran for president by the name of Barry Goldwater. Some of you will remember that election. Some of you will not. And he was painted as an extremist by the left. He was actually, in my opinion, having studied it a bit, a true constitutionalist, a true defender of the republic, not the democracy, because we're not a democracy, the republic. And his quote was, extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice, and moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Kind of a great quote. Although the left will twist the subjective term extremism, and the subjective term of moderation, and the subjective term of justice, because in their world everything is subjective, other than ESG, DEI, and woke, to sling it back against you. You're a right-wing extremist. You're a bloodthirsty pursuer of penalties. 
And justice is when justice is meted out against you, not when justice prevails on an equal basis for all. However, that's a conversation for another day. Our rant story today. Oh my. So, we have had some showers and we have had some sleet and it is a wet, soggy mess out there. And we have water out the Yazoo on one portion of the ranch. More than we've ever had. And we had tinkered with the ditches just a bit up above this. And the tinkering was quite successful. In fact, it was almost too successful. We finished up some spring development projects. And now we're finishing up some work on kind of an intermediary storage reservoir up there. But it is a muddy mess. And if you've ever played in muddy clay, oh my I mean, first of all, if there's any slope at all, you will slip and fall on your butt. Secondly, this stuff will not come off your boots, your clothes, or anything else. And thirdly, it is, after it absorbs water and expands, absolutely impervious to any water passage, which means that there's areas where water zips across the land because it can no longer be absorbed by the soil. And then it collects too rapidly in the low points and then it puts stress and pressure on all sorts of water structures. So our time has been spent kind of halfway running around trying to get projects done, getting ready for water, and then halfway running around trying to correct or forestall disasters related to too much water. And what's the moral of this rant story today? Well, you know, sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And there's times when you need to be careful what you ask for. Let's talk about what woke is. So, you know, if you look at the left-wing definitions of woke, including in the dictionary, believe it or not, because they've infiltrated everywhere, it is a nasty term used by those right-wing extremists to describe those poor little lefties who are immersed in empathy and social justice. It began actually back in the 1970s. It was a slang term amongst young people, particularly young blacks. And it had to do when it first started with waking up to what they perceived to be racial injustice. It's permeated since then. Began to really kind of take on the meanings that it has both for left and for right. Fairly recently, the left likes to say that it really gained traction after the police shooting of Michael Brown and the police shootings of Eric Garner and Tamara Rice. Of course, the left doesn't go into the story behind those shootings or the fact that the police in virtually every case were exonerated. And it certainly has to do with the whole LGBTQ rights movement. You know, last week and the week before, we talked about the history of the transgender movement, the gay movement. Quite fascinating. But originally, the phrase woke, or to stay woke, began appearing in the 1940s. And it meant, quote, literally mean becoming woken up or sensitized to issues of justice, unquote. There's a guy, by the way, who's written extensively on this, Tony Thorne. (laughs) Lefty, lefty. Oh, my. But according to Mr. Thorne, this word is rooted in African-American Vernacular English, A-A-V-E. Oh, well, we have to have an acronym for everything, you know. In 1971, by the way, the phrase was used in a play by American playwright Barry Beckham. The play was titled Garvey Lives. Quote, I've been sleeping all my life, and now that Mr. Garvey done woke me up, I'm going to stay woke up, and I'm going to help him wake up other black folk. Unquote. And it began to enter popular culture through the arts, as many things do. Singer Arikya Badu used the phrase, quote, I stay woke, unquote, in her 2008 song, Master Teacher. And then there's a David Stovall. He's a professor of 
African-American studies at the University of Illinois, of course, in Chicago, of course. And he told the New York Times that Miss Bedou's use of the phrase meant, quote, not being placated, not being anesthetized. It became a politicized word in 2014, Michael Brown and Ferguson, as I previously mentioned. And it's kind of gone over the whole world. In 2017, the word woke was added to the Oxford English Dictionary. And, of course, with the leftward leaning, should we say bias, of all those types of publications lately, it's defined as, quote, being aware or well-informed in a political or cultural sense, unquote. I guess the converse is true. If you use woke in a pejorative sense or as a description, then uh, you are not informed, educated, or aware. Hmm. All the lefties that I read on the history of woke all complained bitterly that woke has evolved into this all-encompassing term to describe leftist political ideology. It's just kind of a right-wing, you know, those right-wing extremists, shorthand for people on the left, and signals progressiveness. But it's been, and I quote Mr. Thorne, weaponized as a, quote, sneering, jeering, dismissive term, unquote. And it's used to denigrate those who do not agree with their beliefs. By the way, these left-wing writers of the history of woke, they complain bitterly not just about woke being turned into a weapon by the right, but the terms politically correct were used as a weapon, and social justice warrior is a weapon, and cancel culture is a weapon. In fact, Thorne calls it, I quote, a toxicized term used by alt-right and politically conservative groups to insult people on the left, unquote. Now, you know, folks, we've talked the last two weeks, and in fact, incessantly on this show throughout the years about how the left likes to create victims. They like to manufacture victimhood for various small classes of people and then weave them together into a voting block. Well, you see it on display right here with the left's definition of woke. I mean, not only if you're black are you a victim or you're LBG a victim or transgender a victim or who knows what else a victim. A woman is a victim, you know, <laughs> unless you're competing against a transgender male in women's sports, then it doesn't matter so much. But now they're trying to make the entire left feel like it's a victim of these extreme right-wing people who are taking our favorite words of the left and turning them into weapons against us. To quote Mr. Thorne, who I think best verbalized all this nonsense that I was reading, to those on the right, it was, the word woke, very exotic, a short, sharp word that sounds quite percussive and almost shocking when you don't know what it means. It's very easy to latch onto, like the word snowflake, which when weaponized by the right has the same sort of resonance. You haven't been able to use it in a positive way because it was picked up by the right to be used for ridicule and dismissal. He suggests, by the way, as do many of the other folks of his ilk, that the lefties no longer use the word woke because, you know, they're being victimized by using these words, which they themselves came up with. Instead, all these folks say that lefties should now use the word to describe themselves as empaths, E-M-P-A-T-H-S, you know, you're filled with empathy, or social justice. Many of these writers even complain that the word liberal is another word that has become unusable by people because it's perceived as a slur. Boy, are these people like overly sensitive or maybe not rooted in the conviction of their beliefs or what? Very interesting. And finally, Mr. Thorne and his buddies believe that 
all these terms have now become, quote, skunk terms, unquote. In other words, they, quote, stink too much to be used in their original context, unquote. And they all say that what they need now is they need to come up with new words to describe themselves, you know, the empath, the social justice, that has to be academic or scientific, and that progressives, quote, need a vocabulary that we can use and we deserve to have that. Woke, folks, in its simplest terms, signifies one side of the culture wars here in the United States. And it's not just culture wars over social issues, whether it's abortion or whether it's gays or whether it's women, <laughs> unless you are an athlete competing against a transgender male. It's really all-encompassing. You know, ironically, they complain bitterly about Ron DeSantis and some of the laws that he's getting done down there in Florida and other states, by the way, are also getting done. And of course, they go completely overboard when a state legislature or, or a governor or a government anywhere takes actions to protect American traditions and history. And, you know, even basic things like a man and a woman. And they like to use the term that anytime you use the word woke to signify all these culture wars, which go much deeper. I mean, it's really a battle over do we follow the Constitution or ditch it, right? Do we have sane fiscal policy or modern money theory printing presses run until they run out of ink? Who gets to control kids' education, a parent or a teacher that belongs to the Marxist NEA teachers' union? Basic things like that. But in describing what conservative governments do, they always go overboard. They always take things out of context. You know, it's part of that psyops. And they do it through censorship, they do it through intimidation, they do it by creating victims in all their sub-constituencies that they want to be their voting block in the next election. And they do it using your money, your tax money, to buy their votes. For instance, they claim that in Florida, DeSantis, that nasty guy, has erased race-related content in education. <laughs> totally not true. Rejected AP African American history course. Not true and outlawed all discussions of intersectionality or the idea that systems of oppression, oh, there's that victim thing again, should be the primary lens through which teaching and learning are analyzed or improved upon. Well, I certainly hope he's done that. But I think, ironically, since they love to pick on DeSantis and others, DeSantis' description of woke is really one of the best ones I read out of all the many things I read to bring you this show. Let me give you that quote. Quote, what you see now with the rise of this woke ideology is an attempt to really delegitimize our history and to delegitimize our institutions. And I view the wokeness as a form of cultural Marxism. They really want to tear at the fabric of our society, unquote. Exactly right. And that, folks, is what, despite the cries of the left, what woke is. And understand that the left tries to turn this around because they kind of got caught with their pants down on this woke thing and the politically incorrect thing and the use of other similar terms to condense a big idea into a short form by folks who are conservatives. Let's talk about your family's safety. If you listen to this show, you know our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. There's been 70 physical attacks on grid stations and countless cyber attacks in the last year. Imagine a blackout lasting days, weeks, months. Look around your house. Water, refrigeration, heat, light would be poof. 
That's why having your own portable solar power and not relying on a government grid is critical. With a Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that's quick, easy, portable, on the go, or even inside. And though only the size of a lunchbox, it's powerful. It'll power your phones, your medical devices, even a mini fridge. A free solar panel, free shipping, and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. You can get 10% off your purchase using the code RIGHTSIDE at checkout. 4Patriots.com. Use the code RIGHTSIDE. Get 10% off. 4Patriots.com. Protect you. Protect your family. David Turner, the communications director of the Democratic Governors Association, he said Republicans' use of the term makes them bullies. Oh. And then he went on to say, and I think he is absolutely upside down on this, Republicans time and again have overstepped where they think the average voter is and where most Americans are on mainstream issues. This also applies to their hyper-focus on the niche cultural war issues, unquote. You know, there was an article, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to rat-a-tat-tat. There was an article that was very interesting. And the left is now saying that this uproar over women's sports right? Transgender males competing against gals who have worked their whole life to achieve sporting greatness. And now they're competing against a man. I mean, it's kind of like putting a five-year-old against an eight-year-old in something, or a five-year-old against a 10-year-old in some type of either mental or physical competition. But the left, just over the last two weeks, because they know this is a losing issue, so they have to try and twist it, has started saying that this is really a nuance. I quote, quote, nuance, unquote, talking about this, you know, males competing against women in women's sports, or males, you know, with their genitalia hanging out, sharing a women's locker room and shower. This is a nuance, folks. Let's talk about some of the elements of woke, DEI and ESG. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, what's kind of driving our military and military recruitment into the ground. A little bit more on that in the rat-a-tat-tat. And then there's ESG environmental, social, and governance. And we've gone over in previous shows how companies are now getting ranked based on their ESG score. And that opens or closes doors to banking and deals and consorting with other companies and particularly colluding with the government. So there's all sorts of pressure. And it's driven in large degree, not only by the government, but by the government lackeys, which include BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street who own percentages ranging from 5 to over 15% in all sorts of outfits around the United States and the world. In fact, they have board members because of these really rather small ownerships, significant but small, in over 500 of the key and largest companies on the planet. And they're driving board decisions. I brought you the story about how they collaborated with a tiny little left-wing hedge fund out of California and wound up with five plus percent of Exxon and got three board members of the 12 seated and got Exxon to change its policies from fossil fuels to Green New Deal. You know, by 20, I think it was 2035. No, excuse me, it was 2050. Exxon Mobil, you know, the oil company, will no longer be in fossil fuels thanks to BlackRock and its head honcho, the woke Larry Fink. So let me tell you what ESG is. ESG is really a checkbox to see if a company is worthy of receiving one's money, you know, their shareholdings and their government stuff and loans and all sorts of other good things. 
The ESG scores, for instance, of gun manufacturers, arms manufacturers, fossil fuel companies, oil well drillers, miners, you know, those are very low ESG scores. Some of them may have none. And guess what? They find their banking accounts being closed, being told, sorry, we no longer want to deal with you. The environmental, the E part of ESG, includes climate policies, energy use, and the treatment of animals. I wonder if they use corks for those poor cows who fart methane. The social, that's the S in ESG, is donations to the local community, particularly left-wing parts of the community, and encouraging employees to volunteer for stuff, particularly left-wing stuff. And diversity, you know, back to DEI, you know, that intersectionality, that word that the left likes to use. Diversity, inclusion, and social justice policies. <laughs> Think Budweiser. <laughs> and then governance. Governance is diversity in selecting leadership. Stakeholder. Remember the WEF and our buddy Klaus Schwab, right? This is now stakeholder capitalism in the Great Reset. It's no longer about driving profits to increase share prices for your shareholders, which is kind of the law. But now it's stakeholder capitalism, where everything you do is oriented to the employee and the customer and the community. You know, I mean, if your profits dip billions of dollars, so what? You have a good ESG score. You can sip fine wines at lavish cocktail parties with and rub shoulders with the other woke CEOs of woke companies. Literally, these employee, customer, and community concerns for your ESG score are concerns that are over and above profit-making. And then, finally, under governance is gender diversity and equity. Remember, we discussed in previous shows the difference between equity and equality. Blacks and other minorities and other people, in fact, all people, are always striving and have always strived for equality. They want the same rights as everybody else. They want the same opportunity as everybody else. But equity is different. Equity is when you have a lot of stuff and they don't have a lot of stuff, so you need to give some of your stuff to them. It's called Marxism. Governor DeSantis is exactly right in his description. Basically, the ESG agenda prioritizes a corporation's adherence to its standards, the ESG that we just discussed, over protecting monetary investments of the overall public. Hmm, doesn't sound like capitalism to me. And by the way, did you know that Congress passed kind of an anti-ESG, anti-woke bill? including by the Senate and Biden. President Cadaver vetoed it, I'm sure after discussing it with George Soros and Barry Obama. Fortunately, there are a group of governors, about 20 of them, plus or minus, that are working together to fight kind of the woke mob. And one of the things that these states are doing is not putting their billions and hundreds of billions of dollars of pension fund and other state investment funds into BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, or into any woke company. Good for them. Uh, as you'll see when we discuss alternative three for writing this capsized ship of America, you can do the same. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Think males competing against females in women's sports. Think how the tale of really small minorities in the United States, with the assistance of these ESG woke companies, once again, think Budweiser, think Jack Daniels, think Nike, are conspiring kind of in a PSYOPs, right? It's the old PSYOPs. The five shows I did on PSYOPs on the rightsideradio.com several months ago. Listen to those. 
They figure if they repeat the image of a transgender person in a bathtub blowing bubbles and holding out a beer, uh, if they repeat that enough, it'll seep its way into your consciousness. It'll make you more accepting. Think Silicon Valley Bank. With all the woke stuff, they had a really high ESG score. Maybe that's why all those rich left-wing depositors with amounts over 250000 got bailed out, even though that's not the law and that's not the policy. That's called equity, not equality. Think reparations. We're going to talk about that in the Rat-a-tat-tat, too. That's not equality. That's equity. Think about Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Dents. The guy is incompetent. I mean, all you have to do is look at the military right now was the best person, never mind their color, never mind their religion, never mind anything other than their skills, their warrior mentality, their ability to lead the armed services. Was the best person chosen for that job? Or was a person chosen that kind of qualified, but he was black, so he 100% qualified? I think you know the answer. That is equity, not equality. And you know, if folks want to do equity-type stuff out of their own pocket with their own time, I have no problem with it, but don't take money out of my pocket to satisfy your cravings for equity or your adherence to ESG so you can have your good little ESG score, which, by the way, is a precursor to the social credit score of each of us individually, which they are moving towards, which China has already arrived at. I think the Marxists in this country are jealous of China. We can go down the rabbit hole of all this stuff, but I wanted you to understand it in the in the big picture because everything works, and here's your alternative three on how we right side up this upside down boat of ours called the United States. It's called money. See, money creates power. And these people crave both money and power. And they they crave the virtuous slaps on the back from others of like mind. Number one, and I've brought you some of these tidbits before, do not allow your pension fund. Do not allow your mutual fund. Do not allow your 401k who likely has investments with BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and others like them, do not allow them, do not sign those proxies that they send you so that they can vote on your behalf for, let's say, a board member of ExxonMobil or the morons at Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> I mean, you have to live on a different planet. Who would have thought that a transgender spokesman was going to sell Bud Light to the NASCAR crowd? But go one step further, they don't care. You know, Budweiser has lost billions in market equity, billions in sales. Their overall beverage sales, and they're in many beverages, are down 17%. More than 50% of the bars in the United States are boycotting their beers, as are many beer drinkers. But they don't really care. Because, number one, they are controlled in part by the BlackRock Group and Larry Fink. They're patted on the back by government collusive stoolies. And you know, when their market value drops, whose money is it? Oh, it's yours. It's your pension. It's your 401k. It's your IRA. Do not allow others to vote your stock in any company. It takes only a minute to fill out and mail a proxy. That's step one. Step two, do not support any companies with high ESG scores, or in other words, woke companies buy somebody else's product. This is simple stuff. Look at the dent that's been made on Anheuser-Busch. And although they may shrug it off to begin with, if this beating that they're taking in the market and beating that they're taking on sales, and the same with Nike, and the same with Jack Daniels, and the same with scores of other companies, eventually they will take notice. You know why? Because their shareholders, other than BlackRock, will take notice. 
Because when you invest in a company, most people, not the woke crowd, but when you invest in a company, you expect your investment to grow, to earn, to become more valuable. And if the company is taking steps in direct contravention to your goals, you're probably not going to like that much and you're going to do something about it. Number three of alternative three, we'll call it subpart C. Write your state legislatures, your state legislator, write your governor. Make absolutely certain that none of your state's funds, pension funds, investment funds, you name it, is invested in any woke company, period, and certainly not invested at all with BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. You know, the states which are jumping on that bandwagon have already kind of taken a trillion dollars, more than that, out of BlackRock. That has a dent, even as large as BlackRock is with 12 trillion whatever investments around the globe. And if you take these steps, along with the ideas that we discussed, oh, on a very superficial level, last week in Alternative 2, which is Starve the Beast, you know, the government, it will have an effect. It may not be overnight, particularly with the woke crowd, because, you know, they're morally and intellectually superior to you. But in the end, it will have an effect. Alternative one, by the way, if you missed that show, was the divorce. The United States of America basically moving away from kicking out whatever you want to call it. We'll let the constitutional scholars figure it out. The blue states. That map is right on that show. It even includes, potentially, some Canadian provinces all the way up to Alaska. How would you like to be contiguous with Alaska if you're in Texas? Might be quite beneficial. Next week, we're going to talk about the fourth alternative to correcting this mess we've intentionally been placed in. And that's on the international and financial level. And financial, I don't mean the woke companies. We've discussed that here over the last two weeks. I mean the financial standing of the United States. In fact, the standing of the United States in the world. How do we reverse this stampede toward the new BRICS currency and BRICS alliance that is growing by the day? You could almost call it an anti-American alliance because of our imperious use of the dollar as a weapon, because of our fomenting color revolutions around the planet, including Ukraine in 2014. Boy, that's really worked out great. And in conjunction with that next week, I'm going to give you the history of, should we say, the march toward Omegadon. Because it sure seems like the elites, at least in the western part of the world, led by the United States, are eagerly pushing, 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 poking the bear and poking the dragon and brandishing nuclear weapons and spending billions on military exercises by their semi-woke military that is way understaffed. It's through a combination of these things. And when I give you the countdown to war next week, the history, the snapshot history of the last two years, point by point by point by date, you'll see what I mean. Very few people have tied this together for the public. These are all scattered events that you're distracted from by whatever the current topic of the day is that means nothing. And why are we going to spend time on the history, the short history of the ramp up to war slash potential nuclear war? Next week, I want you to understand what its effects will be, including the imminent and it's going to happen, it's just a question of when, invasion of Taiwan by China, because it will directly impact your life. And it all ties in to the woke, the cancel culture, the politically correct, the ideology, the putting the stakeholders, that is the woke crowd and their self-virtue ahead of the American people, just like these ESG companies 
put DEI and ESG over and above their shareholders. It's the same. But now, let's do some rat-a-tat-tat and see if you can pick out the ESG and woke stuff in this <laughs> drumbeat of news I'm going to bring you. First of all, Tucker Carlson. You know, there's lots that can be said about Tucker and everybody's pontificating on it, but let me bring you the story behind the story. So, Fox News and the Fox Corporation, they're turning decidedly left. You realize that over the last, oh, several years, six months, Fox News has fired Bill O'Reilly, Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, who was terrific, Gene Pirro, Judge Gene, Don Bongino has left, several other anchors, all terrific gals, have left. Stephen Hayes and Jonah Goldberg, contributors, resigned in protest over what they called a pattern of, quote, incendiary and fabricated claims, unquote. Now, Fox calls these layoffs restructuring, but it looks an awful lot like a conservative purge to me. But here's the story behind the story. Did you know that the BlackRock Group, that's right, our old buddies, they owned about 13% of Fox, and then just in the last month or two, you know, preceding uh, Tucker Carlson getting canned, because guess what? He brings all this to people's attention. They increased their ownership by 2.7%, giving them 15.1%, and oh, some more seats on the board. In fact, the Murdoch family now owns 19% of the stock. So BlackRock is very close to the ownership of the founders. Rupert, baby. It was Rupert Murdoch himself that axed Tucker Carlson, who sent the command down. By the way, you think you see a lot of woke stuff on TV and you hear a lot of nonsense? BlackRock and Vanguard, not only do they own over 15% of Fox, in fact, if you throw Vanguard and State Street Holdings in there, it's about 21% of Fox. They own 16% of CBS, 13% of Comcast, which, by the way, owns NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and the Sky Media Group, 12% of CNN, oh, and 12% of Disney. Oh, well, how's that woke stuff going for Disney down there in Florida, thanks to Governor DeSantis? So these media behemoths, you know, that represent themselves as rivals, they're really kind of owned by the same outfit, the same woke outfit. So there's a woke Democratic representative, Rosa DeLauro, and she, in the last week, has praised Transportation Secretary Petey Weedy for his plan to invest in female crash dummies. I'm not making this up, folks. In fact... Petey Weedy now has a $20 million of your tax money request into the Department of Transportation to develop these female crash dummies. And DeLauro finds this push for gender-specific crash test dummies to be a watershed moment in the fight for equality. You know, there's one thing about this. She's actually recognizing that there's two sexes? Wow. To quote the woke representative, Quote, this will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims, unquote. Can't make this up, folks. The U.S. Army, you know, with all their woke stuff going on, their recruitment's down 15%. They now have a smaller force than during the peak on the war on terror. 120,000 troops are deployed abroad. And what this is also doing that nobody talks about is this is putting more strain on the personnel that are still in the service. The same job has to be done by the military branches. There's just less people to do it. More strain on the people that are there and more people leaving the service. Just as, and we're going to be discussing this next week, geopolitical tensions are at the peak of potential disaster since World War II. 
By the way, speaking of uh, bought and paid for woke media, there's this environmental organization known as One Earth Fund, Roman numeral one, Earth Fund. And it sounds like they've been providing funding to local news outlets to encourage more reporting on weather and climate news, you know, the Green New Deal stuff. In fact, one of their projects is Connected Coastlines. This is kind of an initiative overseen by the Pulitzer Center. Oh, you know, the guys who gave out awards for the stories on the Russia dossier. And Connected Coastlines is, I quote, a consortium of newsrooms and independent journalists, oh yes, around America, unquote that are reporting on, quote, the local effects of erratic weather patterns on coastal populations, unquote. By the way, some of the outfits that are associated with this, New York Times, Boston Globe, Chicago Tribune. Gee, what could go wrong here? And this fund, secretive fund, is sponsoring other projects, including the Climate Reporting Masterclass, which is specifically designed to teach journalists how to better report on climate change. Oh, great. By the way, that's partially backed by NASA, too. You see this unholy alliance between NGOs, funding, money, the government, Big Corp, the ESG folks. It's in your face. It just so happens, though, and this isn't being reported by almost anyone, that the founder of the One Earth Fund is a guy by the name of Roy Richards Jr. He also happens to be the chairman of Southwire Company. This is a billion-dollar company that produces electrical wire and cable for you guessed it, renewable energy products. Southwire, by the way, was formed by Roy's father in 1937. And One Earth Fund is now starting to attack agriculture. I'm going to bring you this in the next three or four shows, what's going on with the attack on agriculture by both big business, big pharma, and the government. And then we have House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, you know, Democrat from New York. He claimed in the last week or two that the issue of men in women's sports doesn't really exist. That's a quote. And that, quote, kind-hearted Americans, unquote, stood with him and the Democrats in supporting trans-identifying children. Remember that one of his Marxist cohorts recently said, like in the last week, that the whole brouhaha about transgender men infecting women's sports and dashing the hopes of female athletes because they're competing with a biological male is just a nuance, folks, just a nuance. And it seems that PSYOPs is alive and well. The FBI is refusing to give House Republicans answers on the agency's alleged retaliation against the numerous whistleblowers that have stepped up to testify. So the House Judiciary Committee has issued a subpoena for FBI Executive Assistant Director of Human Resources, Jennifer Leigh Moore. Good for them. It appears that the FBI has been revoking clearances, security clearances and others of employees with, shall we say, views that don't lean left. By the way, there's some great articles on the rightsideradio.com under PSYOPs this week. You should see what's happening with Matt Talib. This is the guy who has been reporting on the Twitter files, which are, let's face it, mind-blowing, even though we knew it was going on. The extent to which the government and big tech and media has colluded on misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, and the omission of information is just breathtaking. Read those articles and see what's happening to him now that he has reported the truth. Maybe he and Tucker ought to get together. On the economic front, shadowstatistics.com, folks. Inflation, 15%. Unemployment, 23-plus percent. GDP, minus 4%. Shadowstatistics.com. And by the way, First Republic... You know, the other bank that was in trouble? 
Their stock price fell 25% in one day. I think this was last Tuesday. And they reported that they lost $102 billion of deposits. By the way, that's out of a total $206 billion in deposits. The $104 billion, give or take, that's left, $30 billion of that came from a capital infusion from J.P. Morgan Chase, or including J.P. Morgan Chase, at the behest of the government. Oh, more hand-holding between government and corporations. Anyway, First Republic is in serious trouble. We've discussed on this show how everybody who was on the mandate, get the jab, lockdown, wear a mask side, is now scrambling around trying to pretend that that's not really what they said or it's not really what they meant. And We should have an amnesty for all the uh, COVID drum beaters and the jab drum beaters, particularly now that there's hundreds of attorneys working on lawsuits and the lawsuits are gaining traction. I find it really interesting that in the same week, the New York Times did an article on Tony Fauci. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Trudy baby, he's just disgusting. He said last week that, quote, he had never forced anyone to get vaccinated, unquote. This is despite, you know, multiple vaccine mandates by the Canadian government. This interview, by the way, was at the University of Ottawa, of course. Trudeau said that he was really just trying to combat quote, misinformation, unquote. And what he was really doing was never forcing, that's a quote, vaccination, but, quote, encouraging people to get vaccines, unquote. Quote, therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that blah, 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 blah. And then the New York Times article on Fauci, they have a picture of him. I think the article is on the uh, website. They have a picture of him in a suit and tie, supposedly cleaning dishes in his kitchen. Oh, okay. Governor DeSantis down there in Florida said, quote, grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac, <laughs> unquote. I love it. Oh, here's a little woke thing for you, folks. The Daily Caller, they obtained, and they're terrific. In fact, they were founded by Tucker Carlson. They obtained maps and other information guides that are produced by the American Red Cross, right? Your donations, folks. And they contain instructions on how illegal migrants... How about illegal aliens attempting to cross in the United States can do so safely and without getting caught? Quote, this is part of a packet stamped with the International Committee of the Red Cross and American Red Cross logos, showing a list of resources including hotels, clinics, and shelters where migrants can get support in Mexico and Central America. And the routes, by the way, take the migrants, the illegal aliens, directly to El Paso, Texas, Nogales, Arizona, and McAllen, Texas. By the way, in addition to your donations to the Red Cross, the United States government, oh, here we go with that alliance again, directly funds Red Cross efforts, millions of dollars of funding of your tax money for dealing with illegal migrants within our country. Once again, folks, what do you need to do? How about sending a letter to the Red Cross the next time you get there? Please send us money, you know, or we're having our mid-year fund drive, whatever the hell they say, and say, look, I'd love to send you some money. When you send me a letter that you are no longer aiding illegal aliens from invading this country, I would be more than happy to resume my donations. Up in Montana, of all places, organized protesters, large groups, kind of descended on the House of Representatives, this is a week ago, disrupting proceedings, kind of like South Carolina. I mean, they saw that in South Carolina, nothing really happened to those people. You know, this isn't J6, right? This is an insurrection, shutting down a Capitol. But there seems to be a transgender lawmaker, Zoe Zephyr, Democrat, obviously. And Montana is in the process, kind of like Florida and other states, 
of basically, shall we say, tamping down the effect of the tail wagging the dog. And on the House floor, Zephyr stood up, prompting these protests, etc. The only thing I will say is if you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands, unquote. By the way, Zephyr has been basically kicked out of the House of Representatives, which is a whole nother uproar with protests. In fact, they had to call in the National Guard. That's how large the protests were. This is in Montana, folks. And by the way, Zephyr playing the victim, we've talked about this, said that the censure against him or her or whatever was really, quote, to take away the rights of trans and queer Montanans, unquote. Can we spell woke, folks? And our last rat-a-tat-tat, because we're out of time, I've brought you stories about a number of countries outlawing the jabs entirely, taking them off the market, prohibiting them for certain age groups. And I brought you the, uh, the German health minister, admitting that there's a huge problem with adverse reactions. Well, it seems that the Germans are now reporting on mRNA jabs. Let me give you a quote. Vaccine injuries become the dominant theme of German reporting on the mRNA jabs as the COVID vaccinations face unacknowledged yet ever wider cultural and social repudiation, unquote. And the German health minister, I brought you some of his stuff last month, gave another interview denouncing exorbitant pharmaceutical profits deploring, dismaying, I'm quoting, vaccine injuries. And listen to this. Oh, these are all these people asking for amnesty. And he called on the manufacturers, you know, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, etc., to set aside funds for those who have been harmed, unquote. You see, folks, the dam is breaking. People are going to be held accountable. And let me tell you, it wouldn't surprise me at all if five years from now, Pfizer and Moderna didn't exist or didn't exist at all in their current form. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. We're out of time. Look in the mirror, repeat with your family, repeat with your friends, and say with conviction, I will muster, I will stand, I will not comply, I will never give in, I will never stop fighting, I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. We'll talk at you next week. Keep the wind at your back. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side.